0: This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, an apologetics podcast to help equip Christians to engage the culture through biblical, critical thinking. Your hosts for this podcast are Robbie Lashua and Tyler Hurley. Robbie is pastor of apologetics at Desert Springs Community Church, as well as professor of apologetics, worldview, and ethics at Mission Bible Institute. He is a graduate of Phoenix Seminary, as well as a graduate of the Master's in Christian Apologetics program at Biola University. Tyler is currently earning his undergraduate degree in theology at Grand Canyon University and currently serves as an apologetics intern at Desert Springs Community Church.
1: Hi, you're listening to Christ Culture Coffee, and we are your hosts, Tyler Hurley, and... Hi, I'm Robbie Lashua. Robbie Lashua, all right. And so uh, we just wanted to get into the topic today on Jehovah's Witness Mm -hmm. and discuss basically... The differences between uh, their beliefs and with Christianity, and we just want to cover. Um, just a basic ground on uh, um, some sharing techniques that you can uh, use when witnessing to the witnesses. Yep. And, <laughs> and just basically a nice little comparison that we have of uh, distinguishing the two different um, ideas that we have of Jesus with yep.
0: them. Yeah, it's important because Jesus, you know, they, they don't believe he's God. We believe he is God. Yes. What does scripture say and how can we show them what it says when they come knocking at our door?
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so uh, that's what we'll be getting into today. But um, first off, we just wanted to start off with a couple of announcements before we get into our coffee tip. Uh, So one thing I just want to say is uh, please, please uh, rate us on iTunes, uh, Mm -hmm. share a podcast with your friends. Uh, We really want to try to be able to reach more people in our community. And that is one way that you can help us out with that is by spreading our podcast to other people so that way we can have that growth.
0: Yeah, that would be very helpful.
1: Yes. And then also... Um please continue to send in your coffee tips. We are still sending out mugs. Uh we uh, we we're getting tips each and every week. Uh just multiple uh tips from multiple people and we're uh we're very thankful for it and uh it's been helping us out a lot with uh, um, getting some new, cool, unique ideas to talk about on our show. And it's, it's uh, one cool thing that we can give back to our listeners and is by sending you a mug if you uh, send us a coffee tip that we use. So.
0: Yeah, it's been pretty – it's crazy, Tyler, because we've sent out mugs to uh, California, mm. Montana, Virginia – um, Northern Arizona, and then we've obviously handed some out here, you know, in the Phoenix yeah, area. right here. But yeah, it's crazy. Every week I'm mailing mugs all across the country.
1: <laughs> it's cool. That's yeah. awesome.
0: We haven't got any, we, we do have international people who listen. So like this week alone, people from Italy, uh, people from the Dominican Republic, um, people from Japan. Yeah, so if over. any of you who are listening internationally send us a coffee tip that we use, we'll ship you a mug overseas. No big deal. Um, that'd be kind of fun, actually.
1: Yeah, that'd be awesome. So. <laughs> yeah. cool (laughs) please reach out to us. We'd love to hear
0: from you. So... Yep, and then um, also, if you are in the Phoenix area, this Saturday, October 20th, we are um, partnering with some other people in the area, and we're hosting the Deep Faith Student Apologetics Conference at New Life Community Church in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, this conference is going to be amazing. It's it's from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. You're going to get a ton of different plenary talks from professional apologists. Uh, there's a lot of breakout sessions from some apologists some philosophers, some Mm. professors, some pastors. Um, it's just going to be a really great time. And it is so cheap. $20 buys you a ticket to the whole event. Plus, uh, we're giving you Chick-fil-A for lunch. So you, you can't get a better deal. Yeah. You can't go to the movies for that. And this (laughs) isn't a two hour experience. This is an eight hour experience. So, um, highly encourage you to come out to that. Uh, you can, you can buy tickets and learn more at deepfaithapologetics.com. And, uh, If you look in the show notes, we'll have a link in there to it. But um, I'm speaking at it. It's going to just be a really great uh, uh, weekend talking about cults, talking about Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, uh, paganism, scientism, on and on. And um, it's going to be a really good time. So we'd really love if you would come and join us for that. I can't highly recommend this more uh, than I am. So please join us for the Deep Faith Apologetics Conference on Saturday, October 20th. Yes. Now also, we want to get started with our coffee tip before we move into the subject of today. And this coffee tip... Uh, and the winner of a coffee mug is another faraway person uh, from the the land of Missouri. I've never been there. Have you been there before? I haven't. That's interesting. I hear there's some good stuff there, but I've never. I don't know. I've never been. Well, so. We're about to ship a mug there. We are. One of our mugs is going to go to someplace I've never been before. That's and cool. And the winner of this week's mug is Maggie. So Maggie, thank you so much for reaching out and emailing us in this coffee tips. So here's what Maggie says. Are you ready, Tyler? I'm ready. All right. She says that you can incorporate coffee, not just into drinking, but into eating by putting it into and incorporating it into your everyday cooking to help in, enhance flavors in certain foods, obviously. Again, wow. I don't know if coffee grounds over your salad would be that delicious. <laughs> <laughs> but she says that um, her dad has always been experimenting with uh, food and cooking like this. So he's been using coffee as a part of marinating meat and uh, especially steaks. And she's saying that it enhances the flavor of the steak like crazy. That's nuts. Yeah, so putting a little in your marinade as you're marinating your steak or even rubbing it, you know, you can use it as a rub uh, for your barbecue. Uh, A lot of different ways to incorporate coffee into your cooking. She says it gives a phenomenal taste to it. Um, And it also allows you not to waste all these grounds, but I mean, even after you've used them you can still incorporate them. So you get kind of double use out of the coffee you're buying. Yeah, that's awesome. And is it like then
1: when you bite into your steak and you eat it, you just get this rush of a caffeine? <laughs> <just> <laughs> Maybe, right I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> could be. Yeah. So you could also get like caffeinated from eating good steak. Right in there. Yeah, that's great. It's a great tip, Maggie. Thank you so much yeah, for sending that in. And that's if any awesome. of our listeners, if you try uh, marinating stuff uh, in coffee or adding it to your cooking, uh, send us a line, let us know about that. We'd love to hear how it went for you. And if If you liked it, if you didn't like it, or uh, uh, other tips you have about cooking with coffee.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Yep.
0: All right. The topic of the day, um, is Jesus God, right? That's basically kind of where we're going with this. Because Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, they do not believe Jesus is God. They believe there's only one God, and it's Jehovah, and that Jesus is a created being who Jehovah God made, Mm, yeah. And so we want to get into scripture to see what uh, what it actually says about Jesus and how we can um, use these techniques when Jehovah's Witnesses come knocking at a door because they are going to come knocking. They are. Yeah, I've had I've had
1: multiple occasions in my house alone where they'll come knocking and it's mm-hmm. it, it, it it's interesting because it's just just like with Mormons, it's. Uh, Really easy ministry opportunity that literally comes knocking at your door.
0: It is well, and, but you know what's sad about it, Tyler, is a lot of people yeah. will look out and they'll see, you know, people with mm. the New World Translation Bible and long skirts or whatever, and yeah, they'll and they just they'll ignore say, nope. it. It's literally a knock on your door to evangelize. Please don't ignore them. <laughs> Even yeah. uh, there's been times like um, there was actually one Sunday where I went home. Uh, really quick and then Kelly and I were going out to I think her parents house and so she was taking the kids over there and I had to run home to grab food or something like that Mm. and then I was heading out and in the five minutes I was home after church uh, before heading out there was a knock on my door and it was these two lady Jehovah's Witnesses and uh I told him, I'm like, man, I would love to talk with you, but I can't right now, I have to go. So can you please give me your information? Because I wanna invite you back. I want (laughs) want you to come here and and have discussions with me. It's so important to me. Um, So even if you don't have the time to get into a conversation, answer the door, talk with them, and get their information so you can make a time for them to come and meet with you. It's just yeah. like you said; it's an easy ministry opportunity.
1: Yeah, that's so. I'm, I I love that you pointed that out. That's so important because it's also it's also showing love to them too. Because yeah, um, I know that I've I've done a door to door evangelism type stuff like that before, like in high school and like mm-hmm. uh, early on, and like I I know what it's like trying to share with people uh, the gospel and then having. Like, people uh, shut, shut you out. And they, they feel the same way because they feel like what they have is the truth. And so yeah. uh, it's very loving, even if you just got to go in, like, five minutes just to open the door and uh, say, hey, look, uh, I'd love to talk to you. Can you just come back later? Like, that's that's a really good idea, Robbie. Yeah. So that's
0: cool. Yeah, we want to love them. And we wanna, they're, they're human beings that like God created. We want to yeah. show them dignity yeah. and respect. and. I bet, like you said, they get a lot of doors slammed in their oh, face. or I'm sure or a lot yeah. of people ignoring them, and so we don't want to take part in that. We want to love people well. So when they come to your house, these these are literal techniques that I use when they come to my house. I have a Bible in my uh, in my in my den down downstairs at home, and in that Bible I have uh, post it notes with these tips on them, nice. ready to go when when Jehovah's Witnesses come, and then I have some for when Mormons come as well. Yeah. Um, and again, you don't have to do the sticky note technique. It's it's Good because it's handy, um, but you can put them in the notes in your phone, just just somewhere where you can access this readily. Because when they're when they come to your door, you need to be ready to give defense. That's what First Peter three fifteen says: always be ready. Um, and so you literally can prepare with sticky notes <laughs> or with notes in your in your phone or whatever. Yeah, that's a really good uh, idea. Literally prepare because they will come to your door, and you need to be ready. So these are a couple of notes uh, that that I have in my in my Bible that I've used with with Jehovah's Witnesses that that really do help, and you help them start thinking about their position a little. So the the first technique that I want to share with you is um, what I call the John 1-3 argument. So okay, Tyler, you know uh, when when Jehovah's Witnesses come to your door, mm-hmm. a really famous verse that Christians will go to is John one one. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Because Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe Jesus is God, and and a lot of Christians know that the Jehovah's Witnesses have their own version of the Bible, which is called the New World Translation. Uh, and in the New World Translation, they've changed. Uh, the meaning of John 1.1. 1, 1. In, in our Bibles, it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the New World Translation, it says, The Word was a God. Mm, not yeah. was God, but was a God. And to be honest with you, when you get into the Greek, that is a horrible way to translate that passage. It should say was God, not was a God. Um, a little further down in the same in the same chapter. It's the same uh, format, and they don't translate it was a God, but they translate it was God. Yeah. And so it's just inconsistent. they so only
1: change it once.
0: Yeah. Right? And, the, and the, they're they're reading their theology and then translating the Bible according to their theology instead of getting their theology out of what the Bible actually says. Yeah. And so – but a lot of Christians will, will open to that, and they'll start arguing with Jehovah's Witnesses on that verse. Listen to me. Do not do that. Um it, they're prepared for it. They know you disagree with that, and you're not going to get anywhere with them. Mm. So what I like to do is say, hey, I bet a lot of people take you to John 1.1. And they'll say, oh, yes, yeah, Trinitarians always take us to John <laughs> one 1. And I, I like to tell them, well, you know what? I'm not going to do that. We're not going to talk about John 1.1. Uh, but I want to talk to you about John 1.3. So could we open your Bible and, and look at John 1.3? And this is really important. I like to use their Bible. Yeah. Because um, even though they've changed a lot of it, they haven't changed all of it. And you can show them truth in the New World Translation, which I think is just awesome. So in the New World Translation, in John 1.3, uh, this is what it says. Uh, It's talking about Jesus is the word, right, who was with God and was God. And then in in John 1, 3, in their Bible, it says, All things came into existence through him, and apart from him, not even one thing came into existence. And so I I asked them, who is the him, right? Who's the him that this is talking about? And – um. Usually they'll just say, well, obviously it's talking about Jesus. That's, that's who this whole passage is about. It's about Jesus, uh, which it is. Sometimes they'll say, well, I don't really know. But to find out who it's about, all you, all you have to do is go down in John chapter 1 to verse 14 um, because that's where it describes that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, right? And that it was Jesus, right? Um, it literally names Jesus in, in verse uh, 17. So we can know that the word from John 1.1 1, 1 became flesh, and that's Jesus. So when it's talking about um, all things came into existence through him, the context is Jesus. And so you just want to establish that. It's pretty easy to do. They'll admit, yeah, of course, that's who it's talking about. And then what I like to do is say, okay, so what is this passage saying? Just this one verse, John yeah. 1.3. <clears throat> all things came into existence through him. And apart from him, not even one thing came into existence. And so I I like to—I got got this method, actually. I heard it from Greg Kokel at Stand to Reason. Um, You just draw two boxes on a napkin or on a piece of paper or whatever you have. Draw two boxes and label the first one things that never came into being and the second one things that did come into being. And you say, okay, so according to this verse— um, what goes in the things that came into being box? And they would say, well, everything, right? I mean, the, the, everything around us, all of creation. Yeah. In, in the box, I write, yeah, okay, all creation, great. And then I say, according to uh, you know, your beliefs, what is the thing that never came into being, right? Who's eternal? And they'll say, well, Jehovah. Jehovah's eternal. Okay, so you write Jehovah in the box, And then I like to ask them, according to this verse, which of the boxes does Jesus go into? Is he a created thing or is he not created? Because remember, Tyler, their belief is that Jesus is a created being. He's not the eternal God. Mm -hmm. But this verse clearly says, no, that's not true. It says all things came into existence through him, which is very clear. All things means all things, right? Yeah. <laughs> but then he's redundant. He says it again. And apart from him, not even one thing came into existence, which mm. would include Jesus, wouldn't it? Without Jesus, not one thing came into existence. So this proves that Jesus should go in the box labeled things that never came into existence. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does. That's that's a really unique way too to like just give a – A visual of what what the idea is and it's pretty
0: it's pretty simple you just say and they'll say well but we know jesus was created and i'll say listen you know that from the watchtower publication that you follow as jehovah's witnesses but that's not what the bible says and this verse in your version of the bible claims jesus never came into existence and so i think that you can point out from this that it that jesus has to be eternal god yeah. He's not a created being. And then just as a, as a kicker, I like to take him to Isaiah 44.24, mm. uh, which says this in, in the New World Translation, in the Jehovah's Witness Translation, this is what Isaiah 44.24 says. This is what Jehovah says, your repurchaser, who formed you since you were in the womb. I am Jehovah who made everything. I stretched out the heavens by myself and I spread out the earth. Who was with me? I think that's pretty awesome, yeah. <laughs> right? Wait a second. Wait a second. Isaiah forty four twenty four. you have Jehovah saying, I created everything, right? I made everything. I stretched out the heavens by my hands. I spread out the earth. And then he asked the question, who was with me? Well, according to John 1, Jesus was with him. Yeah, that's so right. So if we take these two things together, Jehovah and Jesus... Are the same person? They're the same thing. Jesus is God. Yeah. Wow. A- according to their own Bible, and so I just I like to uh, to show that, and this is a real conundrum for the Jehovah's Witness. And um, what what they'll try to do is they'll try to say, well, but the Watchtower teaches, or let us take you to Colossians and we'll talk about firstborn of all creation, and you say, no, 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 John one three. I want you to explain to me what that means. I'm happy to go other places and talk about other scriptures. But can you please explain to me what John 1, 3 means? Because it's pretty clear that Jesus created all things and nothing, including himself, came into being except through him. Mm. That's what yeah. it says. So I think that's a pretty clear-cut case to show that Jesus is God because he's eternal. And uh, when you tie it in with that Isaiah 44:24 24 passage, um, it shows that Jehovah and Jesus are the same. Yeah. Jesus is God. <coughs> exactly. Jesus is God.
1: Exactly. And so that, that's what this all rides on, right? It's uh, is Jehovah Jesus or yes. is Jesus Jehovah? Like that's what this rides on.
0: Yep. And if you can point out that Jesus is identified as Jehovah from the Old Testament, then then Jesus is God. Yeah, And exactly. that, and they're arguing that he isn't, that that no, he's, he's a created being, he's not God. But the Christian claim is, no, he is God. God exists as three persons in one being, right? That's the Trinity. They exist as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, they're not the same uh, exact persons. They're mm-hmm. three distinct persons within one being. Um, and I think it's easy to show when we take these verses from their own Bible and show them.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. And so it's like... Uh... I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's just what you said. Like, when you use their own Bible and you show, hey, this there is a correlation between who Jesus and Jehovah are being of the same person, that the Trinity is an actual reality, that's mm-hmm. the key. And so uh, um, uh, one of the other methods that we were talking about with this was uh, um, by going over a different passage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, uh, that passage is uh, Psalm 102, 25 through 27. So in this passage, basically, it... Uh, further establishes, like, with looking at this, you can do this as another method to show just that how exactly Jesus and Jehovah are the exact same person.
0: Yeah, that Jesus is Jehovah,
1: yep. Yes. So you see right here in uh, Psalm 102, 25 through 27, it says, "'Long ago you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain, just like a garment. They will all wear out, just like clothing.'" And you will replace them and they will pass away. But you are the same and your years will never end. And so, after reading this, you should just ask your Jehovah's Witness friend who this passage is referring to. And obviously, when they're looking at this, you can see clearly that it's talking about Jehovah.
0: Yeah, of of course. Yeah, uh, it, Psalm, right in the Old Testament, Psalm one yeah. two. They're going to say, well, of course, it's talking about Jehovah. He's the one who laid the foundations of the earth.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like that's what they believe. That's what the, we, that's what we believe. That right. And so that's yeah, like, the God what it says. was the one who did it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so uh, um, when doing so, if you point out a couple of the verses um, <clears throat> that are uh, identifying uh, the the person of Jehovah, basically, in this passage, you can turn over and use that in Hebrews 1, 6 through 12, where we actually see this passage being quoted. Yes. Yeah, so if we look in Hebrews 1, 6 through 12, we can see that it says, but when he, again, brings his firstborn into the inhabited earth, he says, and let all of God's angels do obeisance to him. Also, he says about the angels He makes his angel spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. But about the sun, he says, God is your throne forever and ever. And the scepter of your kingdom is the scepter of uprighteousness. Uh, And you love righteousness and you hated lawlessness. That is why God, your God, anointed you with the oil of exaltation and more than your companions. And at the beginning, O Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth And the heavens are the works of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. And just like a garment, they will all wear out. And you will wrap them up just as a cloak, as a garment, and they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will never come to an end. Hmm. So that last portion especially, too, is a direct quote from Psalm 102. So uh, when trying to point this out, you can see clearly right here that the Hebrew writer is referring to Jesus. He identifies the son as the firstborn being the subject of these verses that you can see.
0: Yeah, and it's like God's quoting, God's saying things about the son. Yeah. About Jesus in in this Hebrews passage. Yeah,
1: so you have to, you can't uh, read the Hebrew passage and claim that it's not about the son because it literally says that it's mentioning him. Mm -hmm. And so just ask your Jehovah's Witness friend when you're comparing these two passages, say, okay, so what is this passage, like, who is this passage talking about? Is it mm-hmm. Jehovah or is it the Son?
0: Yep, and that's a big deal for them because yeah. it, it's talking about both because Jesus is God.
1: Yes, and, and that's, that's, <laughs> that's that's a, a whole big deal. drive, and that's what we're trying to show them, right? It's yes. just showing, hey, Jehovah is and Jesus are the same person.
0: Yep, Jesus is God, and he's he's quoted as being God, and we can show them that Jesus is yes. Jehovah, acor- yes. according to the New mm. Testament writers. And they would disagree. They would say, no, they they don't teach that. That's a made-up tradition mm. from the early church. But no, the early church didn't make it up. The early church read their Bible, and they saw yeah. these things. They said, man, the, the writer of Hebrews is saying that this passage that's stated about the Lord, about Jehovah, is actually about Jesus. Mm. So, what do you conclude from that?
1: Yeah, you, Jesus it, is Jehovah. That's the only. That's the only explanation. And so, uh, yeah, just use this tactic too, uh, along with the John one three passage. It's it's really good to uh, just point out using both Old and New Testament mm-hmm. from their Bible too, even uh, showing like, hey. Jesus and Jehovah are the same person.
0: Yep. And it's a really fun um, exercise to do whenever the New Testament is quoting the Old, to go back to the Old Testament... And um, obviously, see what the quote's from, mm-hmm. but then see if are the New Testament writers saying that that was about Jesus? Because the Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe Jesus is really mentioned much in the Old Testament; it's just about Jehovah, and that in the New Testament, Jesus, the created being, came down. Um, but the New Testament writers clearly believed Jesus was God because they keep tying him in with the Lord, with Jehovah of the Old Testament. Um, so it's it's kind of a fun exercise to do to say to see where they're tying that in and then go look at the Old Testament passage and uh, see if it's talking about the Lord uh, or Jehovah. Uh, another method, again, similar thing is showing how Jesus is Jehovah, yeah. you, you can use uh, from John chapter 12, 37 through 43. So I'm going to go ahead and read John 12, 37 through 43. It says, Although he had performed so many signs before them, they were not putting faith in him, so that the word of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled who said, Jehovah, who has put faith in the thing heard from us? And as for the arm of Jehovah, to whom has it been revealed? The reason why they were not able to believe is that again Isaiah said, He has blinded their eyes and has made their hearts hard so that they would not see with their eyes and understand with their hearts and turn around and I heal them. Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and he spoke about him. All the same, many even of the rulers actually put faith in him, but they would not acknowledge him because of the Pharisees so that they would not be expelled from the synagogue for they loved the glory of men even more than the glory of God. So I like to read this passage Mm -hmm. to my Jehovah's Witness friends and then ask them, okay, who is the him that's being described in verse 41 where it said, Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory. And he spoke about him. Who's, who's the him? And if you get into the context of it, the him is obviously Jesus. Because uh, verse 42 actually identifies him as Jesus. So um, the real question comes down to, okay, when did Isaiah see Jesus' glory and speak about him? Right. Where in the book of Isaiah do we find this, uh, this even occurring? yeah and that's a that's a big deal so what's actually happening here is that these quotes about Isaiah are, are being quoted from Isaiah chapter 6 which is referencing uh, when Isaiah saw his glory but if you go back to Isaiah chapter 6 where these quotes come from you get a really interesting uh, statement made by Isaiah so I want to read to you uh, Isaiah chapter six verses one through three, so we can get the context of what Isaiah was going through when these things that are being quoted in John were being said. So Isaiah six one through three, it says in the year of, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw Jehovah sitting on a lofty Mm. and elevated throne and the skirts of his robe filled the temple seraphs were standing around him each had six wings each covered his face with two and covered his feet with two and each of them would fly about with two and one called to the other holy 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 is jehovah of armies the whole earth is filled with his glory so wait a second john (laughs) is quoting passages from Isaiah 6, when when Isaiah saw Jehovah seated and elevated on his throne. But John is saying that this is Isaiah seeing Jesus. Do you see that? I see that. That's nuts. Wow. That's a big deal. (coughs) John is identifying Isaiah saw Jesus. And when you go back to the Isaiah passage in the New World Translation, it says literally, I saw Jehovah therefore once again according to their bible
1: jehovah is jesus yeah
0: Jehovah is jesus jesus is jehovah mm-hmm. jesus is god he isn't a separate thing from what's being identified in the old testament as god and so i think that that is clearly uh, an e- uh, easy method to use to show your friends that jesus yeah. and jehovah are identified as the same thing yeah, I mean, it's
1: that's a thing too. Like, that's the whole goal that we have here when sharing with Jehovah's Witnesses. It's um, you could get into talking about um, uh, like how their errors with their scriptures, how they, yep. they didn't translate it properly. Like then there's they like we even talked about earlier how like we talk about how um, they're doing bad Greek. They're pulling uh, their theology into the scripture rather yep. than their theology out. And, but. If we we should just ignore those issues and just focus on the key issue yep. of Jesus because that's what it all hinges on and if if we can uh if you can use scripture to point out that Jesus is God and God is Jesus like they're one and the same and uh, describe the Trinity to them and that they believe in that and that changes their mind then mm-hmm. that that's huge that's yeah. that's the gospel that's the message like that's yeah, that's the method to go
0: there. with. I'd agree because um, a lot of times when we're talking with cult members, whether it's Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses, or even talking with you know Muslims, uh, it's so easy to focus on things that are wrong but that things yeah. that are unimportant. Yeah. Like when you're talking with a Jehovah's Witness, you don't want to you don't want to argue over why they should celebrate birthdays yeah. or why they should have blood transfusions. And when you're talking with a with a Mormon, you don't want to argue over their, you know, temple ceremonies and things like that. Get to the heart of the issue, and the the big problem with both of those cults is they don't believe Jesus is who he said he was, right? And that's what we've got to get at. The the heart of Jesus' deity and the gospel. So I, I don't waste time talking about other things. And sometimes they'll wanna, you know, talk about that and you go, you know, let's just stay focused on what's most important. Deity of Christ yeah. and the gospel of grace are a very big deal. Um, and so I just want to talk about that and the differences in belief we have in regards to those things. So I think that's an excellent tip, Tyler, is that we've got to be focused on what's the most important. It's really easy to talk about silly or, or weird or things. Don't get caught up in that. Keep the main thing the main yeah. thing. Yeah,
1: because obviously if they come to know the real Christ, then everything else is going to fall back into place. Yes. They're going to start reading the actual Bible and like start diving into Scripture more and seeing who Jesus really is, and then that will open up a lot of – uh a lot of doors will shine light on a lot of false doctrines that they had, and everything will naturally fall into place after they come to know the true Jesus. That's so
0: true, man, because they're going to be focusing on what his word says, not on what their cult leaders say. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and so I I can't agree with that more. Let's let's get them to see who Jesus said he was Mm. instead of them interpreting who he was through their cult leaders. Yeah. And that's what we want to help you to do with these couple of tips. So again, the John 1-3 method is really good. These two methods on showing how Jesus, according to the New Testament writers, is identified as Jehovah. Yes. I just think that's kind of an, a, a knockout argument. Like, What are they going to say when you show them those things? It's very difficult to wiggle out of that and to explain away, well, no, he's not, because they're literally saying that's Jesus. Jesus is that guy <laughs> from the Old Testament that your Bible says was Jehovah.
1: Yes. So, yes.
0: Very very fun uh, fun stuff to get into. Yeah. And if, if you're interested in this topic, again, come to the Deep Faith Conference yes, Saturday, October 20th at New Life Community Church in Scottsdale. We we have a whole talk on Jehovah's Witnesses and on how you can reach them and how you can um, be kind and respectful and gentle in approaching uh, these types of issues with them. So we'd love for you to come out to that and uh, and be a part of, of what's going on in Scottsdale this coming Saturday.
1: Yeah, and um, that's our goal with this podcast is we want to equip, equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Absolutely. We, we want people to be able to hear this stuff that we're sharing on our podcast with Jehovah's Witnesses and to be able to share it and be confident in mm-hmm. what they're speaking on. So, uh yeah, um, sometimes
0: you can get caught up in like yeah. um not not having confidence in your faith, you know, when when you're talking mm. with a Jehovah's Witness or you're talking with a Mormon and you're hearing these ideas and they're being thrown at you, um, sometimes it can shake you a little it bit, can. right? It and can. you go, "Oh man, do I really know what I'm talking about? Do I really understand this? Because they seem so confident." Um, and so that's why knowing truth and thinking through these issues and seeing these flaws in other worldviews and other cults is so important. I actually, it's it's so interesting. I don't know what the Lord's doing, but uh, today mm. before we, we start recording this podcast, I got a call here at the church from a guy, um, and he's called before, but he, he just likes to argue um, and yell at me, basically. Yeah. He doesn't let me answer back, <laughs> um, so he doesn't really have questions. Um, but uh, he, he, he comes at me with um, arguments against the Trinity, and he won't let me answer. And he's just saying, well, Jesus isn't God. He's not part of God. He's clearly not eternal. Um, and he won't let me present some of these these reasonings. And and the guy's a Jehovah's Witness. And I, I know that because he's referring to God as Jehovah. Oh, yeah. um, and he's anti-Trinitarian. But um, as I'm talking to him, it's so funny. I know all these arguments, plus a ton more for the Trinity. And I, I believe in the Trinity that we have rock solid reasons biblically to trust in that doctrine. Um, but as he's yelling at me, um, you know, it, it kind of knocks me off kilter a little. And I am starting to, to get uh, upset because nobody likes being yelled oh, at. Oh, yeah. Um, and then he starts um, – uh, saying mean things to me. You call yourself an apologist. You call yourself a pastor, and you don't even know the answers to this. And in my head, I'm like, I know the answers, but you won't even let me say anything. <laughs> you just keep yelling. Yeah. But um, then there's a certain part of me, Tyler, where I go, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. You get like maybe a I don't, don't know the answers. Second. It's, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the pressure. Yeah, exactly. But you know what helps me is is after I talk with him, if you know, feeling that that panic for a second, I go. No, I know when I, I, I know these arguments, I've compared, I've looked. he doesn't have a leg to stand on. Um, and that's the type of confidence that we want to have. not, not saying there's not going to be moments where you have a little bit of panic or a little doubt or freak out, but um, that when you calm down, You go, hold on, hold on. No, I have so much evidence for why I believe Jesus is God. And there's so much wrong with the idea that he isn't. Biblically, you have to dance around so many things to to believe Jesus isn't the eternal God, the second member of the Trinity. And so that's what we want to do, right? We want to instill confidence and we want to equip people to be able to reach their community for the real Jesus, for who he said he is. Wow. Yeah, that's a good story. It is. It's, it's interesting. And again, why why today? Yeah. When we were going to talk about Jehovah's Witnesses, why Wait. today did this guy call?
1: Yeah, everything's just falling into place, I guess. That's.
0: Not... I guess, yeah, God's got a plan. And, yeah. and if you're out there and you're a Jehovah's Witness and you're listening to this, um, g- Jesus wants you to know who he really is. Uh, Jesus wants you to know that he is God and that he loves you and that because he's God, it qualified him to pay our penalty. Um, Punishing another created being for our penalty uh, isn't a big enough atonement for grace. He had to have been God. He's the only one who could have made that choice in love. Um, Otherwise, he's just a created being who was forced and and destined by God to have to become this sacrificial lamb Mm -hmm. um, and didn't really have a choice in it. It's important that God had a choice in the matter. And that he chose to sacrifice himself in place of us. So Jesus is God. And if you're Jehovah's Witness out there, please contact us. We'd love to talk with you about what scripture says and the distinctions about jesus being god and all the places that talk about the holy spirit being god um because we want you to know truth Uh, and it's not just about converting to to our side and we win an argument we don't want to win arguments we want to win people for jesus and we want to show you that he loves you and that he cares about you and that he is the eternal god so if you're out there please uh, contact us we'd love to talk with you about that
1: yes all right yeah thank you so much robbie yeah that's great and so um again um like we said before we just want to equip you guys to be able to defend your faith and be confident in your faith and uh um we hope that this uh podcast has been a good resource for you uh for all those who've been listening yes. today so
0: yeah thank well, yep. thanks for being with us today and we will talk to you next week and yep. we're we're gonna do uh, part two of yes, Jehovah's Witnesses yes. with, with some more evidences and some more things that you can talk about when they come knocking at your door. Yep, just getting more
1: into it. Uh, really excited to um, be back with you guys on that next week. Yep, I'm
0: excited to be back with you, Tyler. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's, it's going <laughs> to be fun. All right, thanks so much for listening to Christ Culture and Coffee today. We'll see you next week. All right. You have been listening to Christ Culture and Coffee, a podcast ministry of Desert Springs Community Church in Goodyear, Arizona. For more information, visit our website at dscchurch.com.